when we have pick a persona that we have to be perfect, we have to be successful, we have to be look good, we have to know what we're doing, we have to be qualified. What happens is the opposite goes in our shadow, which is what Jung called the shadow, which is unconscious, because you can't be great without being terrible. You can't be perfect without being a mess. Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, Episode 542. The Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. I'm so happy that you're here to join us. And today I'm thrilled to introduce Deborah Maldonado. I got that right, right? Yes, you did. Okay. Uh, I practiced <laughs> it silently for a couple times, but I. <laughs> and Deborah is the CEO of Creative Mind Media, which she has been doing for a while with her husband, which just amazes me. Dr. Robbie's a psychologist. Wait, your, your husband's a psychologist, right? Yes. Okay. And you have a new level of coaching based on Jungian? Am I Jungian? Jungian. Jungian. Thank you. See, positive productivity is not about perfection. I can mess <laughs> up my own name. So let's Jung, Jungian? <laughs> Jungian. It's like the young and the restless. Jung. A lot of people oh. call him Jung, uh, Carl Jung. He's a Swiss psychologist. Yeah. But it's actually pronounced with a Y instead Jungian. of a J. That's amazing. Thank you. Things you learn on a day of podcasting are I know, like unbelievable. Really. <laughs> okay, so what is Young in psychology? But I also want to know how you, well, I know how you got here a bit of it, but I'm sure the listeners would be just so intrigued. Well, Young in psychology is actually one of those, either you know it or you don't. It's uh, There's millions and millions of people that follow Young. Carl Young was a psychologist back in, like the late 1800s, early 1900s, he was around when Freud first came out with the talking cure, he called it, which is what is now modern therapy. And before that, they used to like put people in, freeze people, put them in cold water to stop them from uh, people that were really neurotic and schizophrenic and all these serious Ill mental illnesses. And then uh, Freud started working with more of the general public with neuroses, and he started doing talk therapy. And Jung was really intrigued with his work. He worked with the unconscious and talked about like suppressed things in the unconscious, why people are you know, do things that they're not conscious of and kind of discovered, you know, this around that time, everyone realized, oh, there's an, another part of our mind that's not conscious. And so him and Freud worked together for a little bit, they kind of collaborated. And, uh, and then where they disagreed was that Freud was an atheist, and he believed that the mind was just a repository, like the subconscious was just like a kind of a program. And so a lot of you, you know, a lot of uh, people that do personal development now, they'll tell you reprogramming your mind. That's more of a Freudian model. And so he didn't believe that there was like any kind of spiritual connection. We were just kind of like robotic people and our brain stores this memory and then we can rewire it. With Jung, he believed that there was another part of us that's connected to everything. And what he, he discovered that is because a lot of people had similar experiences that didn't have a personal element to it. So they would have dreams of, of other worlds or other things, uh, events in history that they didn't have a personal experience. So he says there must be a bigger part of our mind that's connected to basically everything. 
and he studied Eastern philosophy and he saw that the oneness idea, and even now in quantum physics, they have really identified that we are all connected and that our minds are not just our personal mind, that we have a deeper part of ourselves that makes up consciousness. And so Jung and Freud kind of split because Freud thought everything was related to sexual repression. And Jung said, oh, I think the the mind is such much more complicated and we're much more creative than that. And, um, and so they decided to split ways. And then Jung in psychology is all about not only working on the personal history of your, you know, what happened in your personal life, but also how do you connect to bigger realms of consciousness to create your life and become really your true self and transcend just the the patterns and conditioning of your life and how do you basically step in and become someone completely different where Freud is just thought, you know, you could just rearrange the furniture and make yourself a little better, but you really don't have that much potential in you. And if you think about the movement in consciousness and what people talk about, about your potential, it's more Jungian than Freudian, but I think people mix it up and they, they don't know Jungian work and they don't realize that he's really the, the, they call him the father of the new age movement, even though he wasn't very new agey, but it's kind of that idea of that spiritual psychology takes you beyond just what's going on in your personal life and your family issues and your insecurities and that there's a, another realm to you. So in a nutshell, that's what it is. A little history wow. lesson on psychology. That is absolutely amazing. I had no idea. I mean, I've heard plenty about Freud. I think we all have. Mm-hmm. And Young, uh, we just actually just came back from Zurich. We went to his house mm. and his library and he has his library of all these books from all types of psychology, mysticism. I mean, he studied everything and he saw everything as mm. our psyche is really alive and creative. And why do people have these experiences and why do people uh, have intuition? Like he was trying to answer all those questions of why do we have those these premonitions? Why do we have the dreams that we do? What is that? How does that affect our life. And so it's a very mystical, but not, it's scientific the way he applied it. He was definitely not saying there are like ghosts and spirits around. He was saying, well, why does the mind create these ideas? And why do we, as human beings, believe in these kind of, um, these somewhat fringe ideas? And why does the mind produce these kind of thoughts and um, experiences. So very, very fascinating. Mm. I mean, study it forever, but we don't, you know, for beginners, we don't go into all the mysticism. We, we really face, uh, work with the person on um, their personal level first, just to get started. Which I think is absolutely necessary. You've mm-hmm. got me thinking out. I mean, I have what I call chronic idea disorder. Maybe someday the book will actually. Get oh, published. I have that too. You Do should you? have a form a club. Yeah. 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 And it's not I, a disorder. It's a gift. It is a gift. I sort of have, have a off sense of humor sometimes. And mm-hmm. I, I didn't know when I first shared my post on social media, it was just supposed to be a joke. And that's mm-hmm. what I called it. But so many people gravitated and it was in a pretty large Facebook group. And they're like, oh, I have that too. Is that what mm-hmm. it's called? Is it diagnosable? No, it's not. But it totally is a gift. However, it has to be contained sometimes yes. is the best way that I can say it. Mm-hmm. But I... I'm always amazed by the ideas that just pop into my head. And Mm -hmm. you also had me thinking about the movie Avatar. Yes, yes. And the oneness in that. Mm -hmm. And it's just absolutely beautiful. Yes, and the Avatar is actually a perfect metaphor for Jung called uh, the persona, which is we 
move into our this kind of costume that we wear as our psychological costume that we're trying to impress everyone with. But inside, we know we're not that person. And, you know, you've probably heard of the imposter syndrome. And a lot of people are like, oh, that's so terrible. Don't have the imposter syndrome. You have to be confident. And actually, we believe that the imposter syndrome is it's a good sign. It's actually the right response because we shouldn't think that we're just this superficial persona that is out there interacting with the world where there's so much more to us. And most of the world is like trying to keep their costume together. You know, don't let it get messed up and watch what people think about me, especially on social media. And there's there, it's kind of becomes a prison for them because they can't be anything else. And they're terrified and they're not really happy because they're not really being authentic. And it closes them off from other possibilities in their life. I am so glad you brought that up. I had imposter syndrome for the longest time. Now I would call it more of comparison syndrome. Hmm. You know, why are they succeeding like they are? And I, and I've been working for so many hours and I'm not as far as I, as they are. I'm mm-hmm. over that now. Like mm-hmm. it got at its worst. It got to the point where I was looking at somebody and wondered if I should cut all my hair off and dye it blue like that person had done. Yeah, I know. As a coach, uh, I went through the same thing, and uh, and that chronic idea syndrome that you talked about. I like it to call it a syndrome versus a disorder, but it's so funny. People will get if you spend enough time on uh, the social media, you will think that you have the worst business in the world. That everything everything about you sucks. That you're really failing. I mean, it just your mind will just kind of compare yourself to everyone else, and that's that ego. That's the mind. It, your ego has a negative bias. And it's always thinking negative. It's always thinking about how you can do better. It's never satisfied. And if you understand that that's what, it's just the ego, that's not who you are and you stop believing those thoughts, you don't have to even change them. You just have to stop giving them energy and believing them. You'll have clearer ideas and you'll stop being so scattered. A lot of my ideas when I first started was I would see someone or I'd get an email from a competitor and I'd be like, oh my God, we have to do that. And I'd like change everything to do that or change my brand. And I changed my brand one month, I think like three times. Like when I first started, I was like, oh, I want a different title and maybe that'll work. And we're always looking externally to like, if we were different, then people would like us more. And the the real key is, in, according to the laws of consciousness, is that your mind is going to reflect back what you believe. So it's not that out there has any real value. It's what your mind is telling you about it. So if you believe your work is great, if you believe you're successful and you keep growing and you have that attitude the external will reflect that opportunities will start to flow. But if you're always thinking you're behind, that's how everything's going to appear to you. And that's how it's actually going to be your experience. Oh, I could just give you a big hug for everything that you just <laughs> said. I went through when I, right about the time where I was wondering if I should just cut all my hair off. Mm-hmm. I was majorly sleep deprived because I was trying to keep up with this, that and every other person. Mm-hmm. And when or I had my big awakening, very spiritual, and a friend referred me to Danielle Laporte, mm-hmm. who started, I read the desire map, and it was all about good feeling goals. I haven't read it in a couple of years. I really need to reread it. But the all these deadlines that we put on ourselves and all these big expectations and and how we really need to give ourselves grace and do things when they feel good. And when mm-hmm. I started doing that, it was like, bam. 
good things started coming because I wasn't so worried about all the deadlines that I'd missed. And mm-hmm. it's gotten to the point now that, well, in the past when I would send out an email newsletter to my list, number one, it was all salesy. Number two, I was so worried about it being perfect that I would often overlook the typos and I would yes. get feedback on it. Now, like I put together an email last night that I felt compelled to write. This one didn't have any sales, but it's when I do try to market something, it feels better to me. Mm-hmm. But I put right in my PS, please pardon typos. I'm more worried about the content than I am triple checking to see if I have mm-hmm. typos in there. And I've gotten mm-hmm. exactly zero mm-hmm. responses about typos in my emails. And I know they're there, but I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about the content now. Well, here's the thing. People that will judge you for your imperfections are not people that I want to be working with. Well, no, no, no. That's their shadow. Uh, it's what Young calls the shadow. It's that when we have pick a persona that we have to be perfect, we have to be successful, we have to be look good, we have to know what we're doing, we have to be qualified. What happens is the opposite goes in our shadow, which is what Young called the shadow, which is unconscious, because you can't be great without being terrible. You can't be perfect without being a mess. So you're, you're it's like two sides of the coin. And a lot of like positive thinking will get you to like, oh, think positive. But what you're doing is you're creating a duality and you're being the opposite. You're bringing the opposite with you unconsciously. So when someone is judging you for your imperfection, it's really their own feeling of inadequacy or insecurity being projected onto you. And when you realize that that it's their projection, then it doesn't bother you anymore because then you could just be who you are because you're never going to get everyone's approval and everyone's projecting their own insecurities, their own things they don't like about themselves onto you. And projection also works in a positive way that sometimes if we don't feel good enough, we project our divine, our perfect divine self onto other people who seem to have it all together. Like we do this with celebrities or with teachers or with someone you you read a book and you love that person and you project all that onto them that they know it all and they're the big guru. And we have to remember that that's, we're just seeing ourselves in them and to stop seeing ourselves as separate, that we're this, we're a separate from everyone around us, that they're all connected to us, that we're all one. That's where we start to really let go and and see, like we were talking about the oneness in ourselves and that only when we can come to terms with those opposites and let them both be there, we're truly free because it's exhausting to be perfect all the time. It's exhausting to not have typos. It's exhausting to make a certain amount of money and and in a certain amount of time, there's so much pressure, especially in the coaching industry. You got to get to six figures in the first year and then you got to get to the seven figures in the second year, which is ridiculous. I mean, the people that do that are ridiculous because they are not building a solid business. They are after the money. They're after that that label that they are hook onto. And there's so many people I know that have met the seven figure uh, level, including myself. And you get there and you're like, it's not that big a deal. Like I'm still me. <laughs> and so we create these false goals for ourselves that we think that will prop up that, that personality, that uniform. And unconsciously we are pushing away the opposite. So when someone sends you a criticism about something, first of all, they're projecting, but also what you can do is you can use what's the charge they're pulling from you to work with and say, oh, I know why I'm charged because I'm so attached to being perfect. That's why. 
I'm feeling this way and to not push the feeling away and just allow yourself to be a screw up and, and have that kind of compassion for yourself. I think like you did in the PS, like, yeah, uh, you're, you were being very, you were like putting your shadow out there and saying, yep, I, I do, do have typos. You're not trying to hide it anymore. And it feels so freeing, doesn't it? To just not care. It's not that you don't care about what people think, but you're not reactive to what they think anymore. Oh, absolutely. It's not just freeing, but it, well, yeah, it is freeing, but it feels absolutely amazing. I would love to know what you would think. And I guess this is me asking for a quick coaching moment, but I, when I went through my big change, I actually unfollowed a whole bunch of people who only portrayed their perfectness on social media mm-hmm. because I got tired of, of seeing that. So I just decided mm-hmm. rather than have it still be there in my social media feeds, I'm just going to unfollow because I don't want to be wrapped up in that. And mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a mom of five. There are days that I can look really good and there are <laughs> more days where I look like a mom of five. I call it my mombie appearance. Okay. Mom zombie. And I don't mind. Like I would love a t-shirt or a hat that says mombie. That's mm-hmm. me, you know, but then I love following even celebrities. I mean, I can Kate Hudson. I love the fact that on her Instagram, she's showing her glamorous and her not so glamorous because to me, uh-huh. the not so glamorous is absolutely beautiful mm-hmm. because she's not afraid to show. I mean, mm-hmm. is, is that the, it, would you consider that a healthy approach? Yes. And um, the only thing is that it's okay to un- like if you if it, you're really getting triggered every day by people. You oh, wanna, and I was. Yeah. You, you, I mean, unfollowing is fine because you're taking care of yourself. But I invite you like a lot of people. I've heard people talk about don't look at the negative comments. You know, just don't even look at your comments on social media. That is actually you're actually still pushing away or you're giving that those negative comments power. And giving those perfect people power, because just ignoring them, you're still not, you're just ignoring them. So you're not dealing with it. So what I would do is, of course, like I said, if you need it for just peace of mind, but I would start to just allow like those perfect people to be there without pushing them away, without judging them, and just seeing and just watching your mind how it's like trying to compare And what will happen is if you just take a step back and watch how your mind is responding and being triggered by that person, you're actually your higher consciousness is coming in and purifying it. It's actually a a clarifying way. Uh, It's almost like uh, detoxing (laughs) that that hook that you have about not wanting like your desire to be perfect. And it starts to soften you where you don't have to worry about, you know, fabricating your mind from from negative influences where you can actually be free in the world. And the same thing with criticism. I hear a lot of people say, oh, yeah, you shouldn't be, you know, look at the, the criticism. For me, it helps me work with my triggers and my um, my what, what's going on with me. And you have to understand, first of all, like I said, people that criticize, they're just projecting onto you that it's not personal. And then go, what is this person pulling from me? What is this person pulling from me? And every time you'll know, if you ask this question, what would I prefer them to say? I wanted everyone to tell me how great I am. And then you see, oh, the only reason why I'm triggered by this person criticizing me is because I'm attached to everyone praising me. And praise and shame are the two sides of the coin. So whenever you're seeking praise, you're going to get the opposite. So 
what I always know that when I'm really attached to praise, I get a lot of criticism. And when I'm not attached to praise, I, I never see it. And so it just keeps me in check of where I'm like, again, the costume, the uniform that I'm wearing, I'm trying to use to impress people. It's not really who I am. And when I'm using that and wanting that costume to be praised, I'm caught up in it and I'm not free. And that's really uh, the power. I think every person, entrepreneur, especially coaches, there's so many coaches out there. We're all comparing ourselves to everyone else. And there's a lot of advice out there of just like ignoring those comments. I think it's the opposite. I think go toward what makes you uncomfortable because it's showing you your mind and it's showing you how those, how you trying to seek praise is actually keeping you stuck and stopping you from taking more risks stopping you from maybe charging more for your services because God, you know, if they criticize me for it, uh, you know, your praise and looking for acceptance and love from people out there is always going to be a trap because it's going to limit your business. It's going to limit your creativity because you're so worried about what they think that you're not really being who you really are. Wow. Now you got me thinking now. I mean, as a marketing executive, I mean, or as a former marketing executive, you may know where I'm coming from, but I've been taught by some, and I haven't done it, that it's good to post rants once in a while on social media. And that's just not my mentality. Like, I don't go on social media to rant. I think it's a sign of people not being aware of themselves and projecting their, I mean, when people rant, we train youngin coaches, so why, make sure youngin doesn't isn't watching because they can see there's you're really being revealing about all your insecurities when you rant. Okay, thank you. That's what I was. It's wondering. all about yourself. It's yeah. all it's all you're you're ranting because you're triggered, and you're really revealing a lot about who you are versus what you're complaining about, and you're you're revealing so much. And I, you know, I've been on Facebook, I guess, for I don't know how long it's been around. And uh, I sometimes I'll pull up a post that I did like 10 years ago and I'd be like, oh, my God, I was that was such an insecure thing to post. And and even bragging, you know, overly bragging, like I see this a lot. Everyone's they say, oh, you should talk about your accomplishments. But I see people and it's kind of a little it's there's a little like a, say yay for me and look how great I am. And it could be a little like a, a bo- on the border of seeking that you know, acknowledgement from other people. And when you need that from other people, you are caught up again. And then you're pushing away, looking ashamed or looking like a mess. And, you know, I think one thing that we do that's very different, a lot of people talk about, oh, you know, post on Facebook or how much money you made this month. And I just closed $20,000 this month or whatever. I never did any of that. And our clients always say, you guys are so genuine, Like you don't talk about like all the money you're making and it's not about the money. It's about like the work that you're doing. And I think that's really important too. And I think a lot of people get caught up in the dollars and making that their value. Like, oh, if you're not a six-figure coach, then you're just a newbie and you're this and you're that. And then once you become a six-figure coach, you're you're accepted to this club or a seven-figure coach, you're accepted to this club. And it's a false, uh, false idea. And it, it's basically reinforces society where people are judged by what they have, what they don't have. We used to work with single people and a lot of people and I was single until I was 41. And I used to think when I 
I'm single, so I should be ashamed of that. But when I find a man, then I'll be married and or I'll have a boyfriend or a partner and then I'll be okay. The world will think I'm normal. And if we could just love where we are, because everyone starts off new, not everyone starts off as a seven figure billion dollar billionaire uh, when we're an entrepreneur, love where you are. Don't try to compete with anyone else. Compete with yourself, basically. It's like, be your best self, and that should be the only person that you really need to um, to worry about. And the world out there will, will reflect your mind. So don't try to go try to fix it out there. Go inside and come from a place of you're perfect right where you are, and you're doing your perfect work. I know good things are coming to you, and... If it's not here today, it's fine. It, it doesn't mean that you're less than because you're making less than someone else or your marketing launch didn't work as well as someone else's. And, you know, and I could tell you another thing, knowing the industry and, and knowing a lot of high ticket people, when I got to meet them and I got to be like around them, I realized that a lot of things they said on social media were totally overblown and marketing, not yes. really true. And so you're believing something that someone's saying about themselves or how successful they are. And inside they could be a mess emotionally. And they're just desperate to get your love and, and adoration mm -hmm. because they're successful. And so don't believe the hype on, on social media because it's a false idea. You see celebrities go through this all the time. You think they have it all. Uh, poor Robin Williams, right? He he was very one of the most successful actors, successful um, yep. movies, and 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 he was depressed. Mm -hmm. uh, Jim Carrey, same yep. thing, very depressed, and still dealing with it. And so, all that stuff is not going to make you happy. And you get caught up in comparing yourself to everyone else. And I know your your podcast is productivity. I think it's really important for people to to know that it's not about doing, doing, doing all the time. No, it's we can be being, busy being busy. Yeah. And the idea syndrome there, you're just like, maybe the next idea will work. Yep. Uh, the mind will dictate the marketing and then the marketing will bring the, the people that's like the vehicle to bring it. But if you don't work with your mind, the marketing is not going to work. Absolutely. It may work temporarily, but then you'll be attached to, you know, doing it again or, and, or you'll be one of those people that are, talking about how great your launch was and, oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> and it's so sad. It's like, why don't we lift each other up instead of trying to, trying to like, um, be superior or, or like, you know, it's, it's this, uh, it's like it's overinflated ego on social media. And I know I'm on my soapbox about this, but no, it but really I absolutely is, love it. It makes other people feel bad it and it make and it makes, I mean, not that you shouldn't talk about to inspire people, but you check in and see why you want to do it. Like I would always say, why do I want to post this? Like I would want to post something and then I'm like, why do I want to post this? I'm like, oh, my ego wants me to post this. My ego wants everyone to know that things are going well with me. I don't need to prove anything to anyone. And then all of a sudden it, it's just like you don't do it and you just, oh, okay. You're making me actually want to post a picture of my of my car right now. And I'm being half serious, half joking here. And let me tell you why. I drive a 1996 GMC conversion van. Listeners, if you're not <laughs> keeping track of when Mother these episodes re were, re or were re um, released, this is 2018. My van mm. is 22 years old. <laughs> the oldest of my children is 16. Mm. The door is stuck shut, like the side door. That's okay. The thing is 
a big box of steel that takes way more gas than it should, but it's safe for my family. And I don't need the latest and greatest van to show that I've succeeded. I mean, to be totally honest, Debbie, the thing cost us $1,300. I was quite proud of that moment. And different people value different things. Oh, and, absolutely. And I get, yeah, uh, there's people with their laying across their Mercedes and yeah. on top of it. Look at it. And it's great. I mean, I, I don't want to say that it's not okay to be successful and it's not okay to be excited about your successes. But remember that that success cannot fill you up. Right. And a lot of people will try to use their business to fill something that's empty in them. And, and then when you do that, it's like, it's like a bucket with holes in it. It's never can be filled. And uh, you go down that track and I've seen so many people do this where they work themselves to the ground because they're trying to impress something or fix something or be good enough finally. And your business shouldn't be about you. It should be about your purpose and your why. So I always tell people, what is your why? Like, why are you doing what you do? It's not to post on Facebook that you got a, a you know fancy new car or that you had a hundred thousand dollar launch. It's you're doing it. Bec- you don't lose sight of like what your message is or what your your vision is, what your purpose is. That's what's going to drive you, and that's going to drive you in failure, because when you fail and you could see failure and success as the same, that's when you have true power because you know you know what that launch sucked or that month was a terrible month. I'm okay. You know, you're not hooked, so hooked into it that you're in this, uh, like a puppet waiting for the world to tell you you're okay or your business to go in a certain direction for you to be okay. And believe me, I went through it when I was first starting out. I mean, it was, I mean, it is like the perfect opportunity for growth, uh, being an entrepreneur because everything insecurity that you have gets pulled into it. And you have to work with it. You can't, the money, piling money or piling success on top of insecurity isn't going to make you, that insecurity go away. It's just going to magnify it. So. Absolutely. Well, I have to tell you that while it was triggering me at first to follow this one person, after I unfollowed them, it was a relief because I actually realized just how exhausting it must be for that person to yeah. be keeping that up on social media. Oh, yeah, it's, it is really sad. I, I mean, like I said, as a youngin, you see, you could see people more clearly than uh, when you've gone through your shadow work, you can really see like yourself clear. And then you get to see basically other people because you've been there, uh, what they're doing. And, uh, and <laughs> yes. it's really sad. It's like, I know what you're thinking right now. And uh-huh. Oh my gosh, you make me think about all the products that I launched because I was in scarcity mode and wondering, you know, how the bills were going to get paid. Mm -hmm. So I put out these not good products that to anybody experienced, they would have known, oh my gosh, she's just trying to figure out how they're going to make rent. Mm -hmm. Um, This is not good. And now I wouldn't even dream about it. There Mm -hmm. are not, I would be lying if I said there are not still points where... I get somewhat concerned about finances. Luckily, it hasn't happened recently, but I've learned to control that urge and to stay on my path, which can be mm-hmm. so hard. It yes. Can be so hard. But I've also seen what's happened to clients. Like I, I work with six, seven, eight figure business coaches and life coaches, and I've seen what happens when they don't stay on their track and they're getting easily distracted. Just like what you were saying. Oh, mm-hmm. we got to change this. Oh, we got to change this. No, 
You don't. You got to keep up with everyone. You got to yeah. make. If, oh, they have fancy video. We need that that fancy video. They have that new website looking thing. We need that, and we need this new app. And it's like you, if you try to keep up with everything, you're. It's it's something you're never going to do, and you just have to slow down. Now, I have a really good uh, in Eastern philosophy in the Gita where. Um, it's a Hindu philosophy. They uh, talk about the three levels of being and there's lethargic level where it's like slow and you're kind of like where you're really tired and you're just kind of non, non-motivated, unmotivated. And then you start, if you think of it as spiral, you start spinning up and then there's this second level, which is Rajas, which is passion. And you're kind of going, 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 going. And But you're not really, you're just kind of, like you said, chasing the dollar. You're, you're putting stuff out there. You're just kind of trying to like make ends meet. And then you get exhausted. And then when you go to the top level, like there's another level, which most people never get to, which is, they call it sattva or the sattvic mind, which is clear. It's clarity. It's bliss. And when we're in that Raja state, that middle state, the passion, we get exhausted if we're not clear and we go down into the the lethargy again. So most people go from a lot of action to, oh my God, I'm exhausted. A lot of action and I'm exhausted. And if we can go to the next level, like bring our mind out of that ego, kind of chasing the carrot and get clear on the why we'll start to have more intuitive ideas, more creative ideas. Uh, things will flow much easier. It won't feel like we're chasing and we're frustrated. It'll feel like everything's just moving in that direction. And so we all go through those stages all throughout our day. Like in the morning, we might be a little uh, like in that lower stage of lethargy or right at night. You know, we, we do need that like kind of resurgence or, you know, going, kind of going down and collecting our energy. But if we stay in that passion stage on our business all day long, we really aren't thinking straight. We're chasing carrots and we're not being creative and we're just copying what other people have done because we feel like, oh, that'll work for us. And we don't really have our, ourselves, we get lost in it. And so I invite everyone to slow down a little bit you know, watch when they get caught up and, and ask, what is my why? Like, why am I doing this? And that'll get you into that higher state and remember that. And I think in the morning, every practice in the morning, like, why am I getting up today? What's the purpose of my business? It's not for me to pay the bills. It's not for me to make everyone tell me how great I am. (laughs) It's not to, to get on TV or get my best-selling book. It's, because I have a purpose that I have to do. And however that shows up, I'm, I'm open to. And it just kind of opens you up to so much more than if you're trying to hyper control everything. I would rather have that than seven figures in my bank account. But I would have to mm-hmm. imagine that it's easier to you get can to have seven. Both. Yeah, that's what I was going <laughs> to say. It's probably a lot easier to get to the seven figures in your bank account when you're there. Because mm-hmm. you know your why and you're, you're staying in alignment. Wow. Yeah. A lot of people have seven figure businesses and they spend $900,000 to create that business. Mm-hmm. There are multiple seven figures and they're spending multiple seven figures in marketing. Right. And, you know, so you don't know, uh, you know, I, I see a lot of these male uh, coaches talk about their million dollar launches, but then they spent 400000 in advertising. And it's like... And another 400 on affiliate commission. Yeah, and commission. Yeah, so it's like, so what's your net? And so we got to look at net too, net profit, not just the big number. And then when we think of net, think about the net on your heart and on your soul. 
of what are you putting in and, and how is that? It's not just a financial expense, but what is your soul's expense that you're putting into your business? How much are you sacrificing or giving up on life because you're chasing something that is even, that's just an illusion of this false sense that you're going to be okay when you reach there. You'll be much happier. And believe me, it's been a journey. I mean, I've been doing, been in business for 15 years. And in the beginning, I was caught up in all that stuff. And it was really exhausting. And I was so hard on myself. I would cry, have tears, like, I'm never going to make it. And it was just uh, going back there. And I can really sympathize with people just starting out. And then people who are reasonably successful, but are exhausted. Yep. In creating their business, it's um, the mind, you got to get your mind on board. And this isn't just positive thinking and, uh, you know, beliefs this work. It's about going deep and knowing who you are on a, on a core level, uh, soul level. And um, that's why we do Jungian psychology, because it goes a little deeper than where most people go. And you really have a direct experience of your divine self. And once you have that direct experience, the world becomes less important. It becomes less heavy and it becomes more playful. Which sounds like absolute bliss with me. Yes. To me. <laughs> when I went through my shift two years ago, I mean, it, it was the darkest, deepest place I had been. And mm. so I already told you I stopped worrying about the. It's not that I don't worry, it's just I'm not so strict about it. But I've seen so many of the people that I looked up to as online mentors and I work with bigger coaches on their launches. So I've heard the stories now about the $2 million launches where they don't even net 95 for themselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and they're so stressed in the background because it's all about mm -hmm. the deadlines and meeting the expectations. But what, what if we just let what was going to happen happen? Well, we could desire to have a, a, a success, but the desire doesn't have to have attachment to it mm -hmm. where our ego is attached to it's I'm better if I get this yeah like I for me I play this game Debbie gets everything she wants and it's just like I just ask for things and they just show up and it's this but it's not that I need it so but like it's not coming from a need it's coming from that place of playfulness and if we can get into our business and it's like what if play the what if game and instead of this I have to I think things will open up. Play is really, um, and creativity is really how things grow. You can't grow with tension and frustration. And, um, and you can't, and when you're frustrated with your business and exhausted, you're not creative and you're not putting out your best work and you're actually letting other people down and you're letting your ego get in the way of what your purpose is and, and what you truly should be doing. You sound like me or that. And not just the business, but that could explain a whole weekend with my children. Mm -hmm. <laughs> when yes. You know, when I'm frustrated with my kids and I'm exhausted, they are not getting what they want or mm -hmm. need. And mm -hmm. then they act up more. Actually, my husband and I were just talking about this last night because somebody just expressed three questions to me that they asked themselves. Am I free? Am I present? Am I giving? And it really got to my heart. I was feeling mama guilt. And... I looked back at the previous weekend and I realized, especially for my five-year-old daughter, I was not free, present, and giving. So she was on her absolute worst behavior. And the same with with our business. Mm -hmm. Our business can be our on babies. its worst. Yes. It can be on <laughs> its worst. And we can be the mamas to our business. The, absolutely. The controlling mother. <laughs> I don't have five kids. I have six. Mm-hmm. 
And then when I'm not free, present and giving, then, oh my gosh, is it going to go bad? Mm-hmm. Well, my husband's a child psychologist, so he could probably give you some tips on how to handle all those kids, but they do rebel if they're, you know, when you try to force them to be your agenda, they actually will rebel. I mean, oh, that's, yeah. it's actually a healthy response for them. That's how they, they express their individuality. Yep. So. Well, last night yeah. I, I made the, the conscious decision to be free, present and giving to my kids all night. And she was amazing. She was giving me hugs. She wasn't picking mm-hmm. fights. It was the other two. I have three-year-old mm-hmm. twins and then I have my five-year-old. Oh, no. And then I have a couple older ones. But she, just because I was actually there and not just physically, but actually mentally there too mm-hmm. and engaging with her, it was, it was like light and day. So I brought it up with my husband last night and it, it was so refreshing. So I'm going to yeah, I, I've and, really and, been working on reclaiming my nights and my weekends. And I know that next weekend I'm reclaiming it for me and for my family because it's too much stress when we're in opposition. Yes. And I think what uh, you're saying, too, is that and this is the key to everything is non-judgment. When you judge something, you're trying to force it into a box to be a certain way. And with your children, the same thing. And your business is that your business is kind of like going to give you feedback based on your mind. So it's like a, like a child is going to give you feedback based on your parenting. And so the non-judgment of it is going to free you because when you judge something, it can only be black or white. When you don't judge it, it could be potential. So what you did was you just let go of the agenda and the child naturally came to her natural potential, which is this beautiful thing. And that can happen in your business too. If you're like mad at your business or mad at your list because they're not buying or mad at, you know, the opt-ins not working or the launch didn't go well and the business, the cash isn't coming in as fast as you want, you're judging it. And then it can only be a failing business because you're projecting that onto the business. So non-judgment is, okay, this is what is, but I'm not going to judge it and I'm going to be open. And what you're doing is you're just just by dropping the judgment, you open up possibility. When you judge something, you lock it in. It's uh, it, the same thing with quantum physics. They say when you observe something, it becomes solid. When you're not observing it, it's a wave. And when you observe it with judgment, it becomes that thing. Mm-hmm. And so what you're doing is you're really working on a quantum level with your business. And then we think it's, oh, if I just had the right lead pages or if I had the right Facebook ad or if I could just get this course that uh, the right title to my course that everyone's going to buy or this the right pricing on my, my program that's going to change everything or the event is going to fill up. None of that matters if your mind is is not aligned with possibility. Do you think our minds are in conflict with the word if? Because I won't use if, I use when. Well, it's just not in conflict. It's just if you say if, that means you're speaking that it may or may not happen. Okay. Which is 50 50. 50 yeah. Right. And yeah, by speaking when, you're actually confirming to yourself. And, you know, it's really good to verbalize and speak and and have this conscious conversation with yourself. But that's only the tiny sliver of like a surface layer of your skin that gets fruffed off every day. The deeper part of your mind is the stuff that you're not conscious of that you're saying, Mm -hmm. and that your business is going to reflect your unconscious. So whatever's not what you want it to be in your business, you're unconsciously creating it. That is so fascinating. 
And to own that and say, okay, it's not the marketing. <laughs> right. Because I remember last year one time I was like talking about Rob and I was, we were trying to get some event going and I was like, what's the right name? And he's like, you're getting all caught up in the marketing. I'm like, oh yeah. And I re- sometimes it's good to have a reminder that it doesn't matter if you, it could be crazy name and people will come because your mind is ready for it and, and your mind wants it and it, it opens up and, I find that everything that has come to us in a form of abundance for our business has been effortless and hasn't been a conscious uh, will. It's, I mean, we have like kind of a conscious desires, but it hasn't been like a physical effort that I had to try so hard. It almost like comes like unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, the, the hard effort that we put in, it, sometimes it, it just saying it's hard makes it hard. And it's not to say that we shouldn't be consistent with our action and we have to take action. But when you do it with that, like you said, frustration or um, or it's not working or that panic of this better work or so or I'm going to have to shut down my business. You're not really you're not going to get anywhere if you have that attitude Right. where it better be better than Susie's launch so I can be in my mastermind and say, look, I got a $200,000 launch and she only got a hundred thousand. I mean, it's like crazy what people will do to, to compete. And, and it's good to see other people succeed, but you don't want to have to, to compete with others or have the wrong attitude uh-uh. toward, toward what you're doing. It's, it's really not about the money. No, not at all. It's about the, the purpose and what you're doing. And, we get caught up in it. It's so easy. Yep. Especially with all these coaches telling you how great their life is and driving with their beachfront homes and their cars and their convertibles and they're on vacation and all these things. And, and they're, they're sitting by the pool and not working. And it's all a bunch of BS. <laughs> no one's at their work and their butt off. Don't be kidded by those people right. that say they're not working hard. So it's just stop getting caught up in all that. My 12 year old started seeing ads for Ty Lopez on YouTube. And he, oh, yeah. he, he wanted to know how I can do that. And I had to tell him, you know, we don't, we're not there. We don't see the credit card statements and the bank balance. We don't know what's actually going on behind the scenes. So let's not worry about that. And we have what we need and whatever else will come. I want to go back though to what you said about what Debbie wants, what Debbie gets. Mm-hmm. Six weeks before I met my husband, my husband Davis, my second husband, I created a soulmate spec sheet. I was leaving my ex-husband who was abusive. And I decided that if I were ever to be with another man again, this is what I'm looking for. And Mm -hmm. I found him totally by accident. And he met 50 out of the 57 items on my list. The rest, Mm -hmm. I realized, they weren't important. He met the Mm -hmm. big ones. Do you think it's healthy or not healthy to make something similar for our business? No, that's that's fine. And the key is non-attachment. There's a difference between desire and attachment. Desire means that you want to grow. I mean, the divine in us wants us to grow and wants us to express ourselves, wants us to make the most of ourselves. So to be successful and make money and have love and, and enjoy delicious food and travel and do all those things that we desire are really a divine desire. Mm -hmm. It's when we attach our ego to it, which is we're more important now that we have these things versus right. a create just a creative expression, then that's where we're stuck because now we're like bad if we don't have it. So when a, it's just like an artist uh, paints a picture, they're not worried about what other people think. The best art comes from them just kind of being creative. And so if we put down like our desires in the business, what we want, and then we, we're open to how it shows up because it usually shows up in a weird way 
unpredictable way. Oh, absolutely. I was shopping for furniture on Craigslist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And that's how I met my husband. Yeah. It happens like that. Yeah. What are you most excited about in your business right now? And how are you working with others? And I'm asking for me because I'm just so intrigued. Well, we have two main programs that we do. One is our coach training where we train people in young and coaching. So we teach them about uh, the persona, the ego, the things I'm talking about, helping them work with shadow work with clients, and then also dream interpretation, visualization, and really a deeper way of coaching. It's positive depth psychology, like you've heard of positive psychology, it's depth psychology means we're working on the unconscious level, and not re- rewiring the brain, but more like in a creative way, like talking to the unconscious and, and seeing the world symbolically. It's a very beautiful experience. And so we train coaches in that and we do, uh, we have another training coming up in March. We have one right now and there's people from all different, they're not just all cookie cutter, they're all different industries, performers, artists, business people, and they're all like coming up with different businesses based on this model. So it's really individuation is what Young called a way to express your unique self. So we, what we do is we have small groups, max 20 people in the groups. So they get that individual attention and then they also get an individual business out of it. And then the second thing is people that don't want to be coaches, but want to do the work. We have our evolve leadership program and it's basically helping you business owners, people that want to live their purpose, get out of their own way and, and use these, these tools to, grow themselves so they can have the success they want. So you can have some people are in the corporate world and they take the program to, you know, get raises or get new opportunities and other people use it for their own personal growth and for love and for success and even finding their purpose. And uh, we have live events around the, the world and they get to go to these events and it's online. So those are our two programs. A lot of, just a lot of deep work. It's not for the faint at heart. If you're looking for just affirmations, this is not, not it, but it's definitely um, something that will transform you in a deep, deep, powerful way. I absolutely love that. I am getting ready to launch actually my first program and I'm not at oh, all okay. tied to what dollar figure comes out of it my mm-hmm. real intention it's called heartfelt funnels oh great and it's feel good marketing is how i'm like the subtitle you know how can we build our funnels in a way that is going to make people feel closer to us and instead of the did you buy yet did you yeah, buy yet exactly. did you buy yet? <laughs> no thank you and i'm not going to be doing that either but i'm you know i with the people that i work with i wish that i had the coaching mm-hmm. that you are like the certification i'm just going to Listeners, this is our first conversation, so this was not set up ahead of time. I just want you to know that. But if I could take your teachings and work with my clients so that mm-hmm. it wasn't all about the determining your success off of mm-hmm. what you make in this launch, but let's make yeah. it feel good. And what are the benefits that you are giving to the participants and how can you ensure their success and guide them through after they give the money because that's not where it stops and so many people that is where it stops give me your money and that's all i care about here's yeah, the course and then, and then expect to get a certain amount of refunds and that's okay and you yeah. don't care no and yeah I, I really love that idea i mean um what i've seen for me is that I took a lot of those funnel classes, you know, the men that Mm -hmm. teach them. We're not going to mention any names, but a lot of men teach the funnel systems. And I just felt like this isn't me. This isn't me. This isn't me. Exactly. Me too. And I just 
know that um, we do need something like that in the industry. But also the funnel isn't going to be as successful if your mind isn't aligned with it. So I think you're better at writing your funnel if you know who you are and, and come from that authentic place. And then if you, you'll find that I know for me, when I was first starting out, when I was frustrated, I would write emails and it would come across as I was frustrated. Yep. You know, I would come across as like, please buy. <laughs> and you could really feel it in yourself as you're writing the tone. And so a funnel is, is you're having a conversation with someone and you're, and if you know who you are and you come from that place, it'll be easier for you to write copy. But I do think you should be not attached to how much money you make, but I do think you should have a goal. I do have a goal, but it's okay. not going to determine whether or not the launch was successful. Yes. The launch is successful because you launched. That's it. Yeah, the la- launch, I mean, especially with, that's the successes in the action, not yeah. the result. And especially with, and I'm just going to keep it how I call it, but chronic idea disorder, the act of actually finishing something. I mean, I have a box next to me with all my started knitting projects, started, <laughs> not finished, but this is going to be in itself just actually gifting it out to the world for a price tag, but actually getting yeah. it done and putting it out there, it's going to be a huge win in its own right. I mean, just like yes. going to the grocery store and buying the ingredients instead of taking the easy route and, you know, and eating mm-hmm. out because I didn't want to. But it's going to be the same thing. You know, I'm getting it out there. Absolutely. And just what you said about for a price tag, I want to tell, just say that it's really important to charge for what you do and not feel like everyone's looking for free things because people that do the free stuff, it's just really a warm up. Yep. But why are you charging? People value it more if they pay for it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I do. I'll have the freeway that brings people into the funnel and warms them up to me. And then there will be, you know, if they choose, there's introductory steps. And then there's the midway through the funnel hurrah, which it will be the course. And there will be other ways to work with me. But I didn't see it until I stopped pushing myself to see it. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, I mean, I've had people say I downloaded it and I never really understood it until it happened to me. It was just there. I mean, the oneness, Mm -hmm. I gave myself the space. I wasn't pushing so hard. And all of a sudden, bang, this is what I needed. I love that title, too. It's really wonderful. Thank you. But I think everyone needs young in psychology. I think everyone, um, I think the whole coaching industry needs a shadow work so they can really, I mean, the women that we work with, they, they have really great businesses because they already have the personal part taken care of. So when they go out and they do marketing classes and masterminds, they're they're already like kind of on a, a, a good trajectory mm-hmm. um, versus waiting, doing the, all the marketing first and then going, oh, wait, I think I, there's something going on inside of me I got to look at. So you start off the right way and uh, with a strong foundation. I completely agree. Yes. Thank you for doing what you do. Oh, thank you for doing what you do. I mean, we need more heartfelt people. And, and for you, like, I love this conversation about seeing through the, um, the smoke and mirrors of what people think is successful and really speaking from the heart because that's, I think more women should have this conversation because we need to support each other and we, we shouldn't be competing with each other. We should be lifting each other up. Amen. I, I don't know mm-hmm. what else I can say besides that. Just amen. <laughs> yes. Debbie, where can... Our listeners find you online, connect and get to know more about Young and Coaching and in all your wonderful programs. Well, they can go to DebbieAndDrRob.com. That's D-E-B-I-A-N-D, DrRob.com. And I do have a free gift if people want to just kind of get a little quick 
free, we have a three video series. It's a course on just kind of setting a goal, how to use your mind to let go of the attachment, just what we talked about today. And a little mini shadow work uh, comes with it. And if you go to herhiddenpower.com, you can get that opt-in page right there and sign up. It's absolutely free. And that will get you started through our funnel and get you to get to know us a little more. And uh, some of our clients, when my client has been working with me for years, she said, oh, my God, I went through that course and I was taking notes. It was so good. And I was like, really? It's just kind of like, you know, introductory stuff. But uh, she got a lot out of it. So even people that have been studying our work for years have gotten a lot out of the course. And it's absolutely free. So I invite everyone to check it out and really think of your goals and and how to set them and and how to work with your mind to achieve what you want. I just need to say thank you for putting the click for sound on your landing page, because I knew I had to go right away and sign up. And I was like, (laughs) I typed it in and I was like, Oh, no, don't start typing or don't start talking. (laughs) Thank you. We need more. We know more landing pages like that. That's amazing. Listeners, I will include all the links in the show notes, which you can find at thekimsutton.com forward slash pp542. Debbie, this has been absolutely amazing. Yeah, I know. Chronic Idea Disorder, and I still got through 542 episodes. We're only on episode 50 on our show, so 55, I think. It's amazing, though. We've only been doing it for a year. It's fun. I love our podcast. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been an incredible conversation. Love having this conversation with like-minded people. Me too. Thank you so much for coming. Debbie, do you have a parting piece of advice or a golden nugget that you can offer to listeners? Your business is a reflection of your mind. Don't look externally for the answer. Look internally and you'll always get the answer you need. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast. When I'm not podcasting, I'm supporting six to seven figure business coaches with their marketing automation and entrepreneurs like you through my coaching and mastermind programs. I want to invite you to visit thekimsutton.com to learn how I can help you take your business to the next level. 